This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 19, verses 18 through 20. Many also of those who had believed came, confessing and declaring their deeds. Many of those who practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted their price and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. All right, let's keep reading. Many also of those who had believed came, confessing and declaring their deeds. Many of those who practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted their price and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. As believers in Christ, sometimes it can be a process regarding the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to certain sins for which we're involved, exposing and revealing them with conviction. He's conforming His people into His image, step by step, from one degree of glory to another. These new believers in Ephesus probably didn't realize the extent to which their magical art books and practices were ungodly. It was, after all, a cultural norm and common practice in that region at that time. The incident with the Jewish sons of Siva, though, brought to the surface the futility and danger of their superstitious activities. In response to their newly discovered knowledge, they came confessing and declaring their deeds, after which they brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. This is a healthy and rightful response when a believer under conviction realizes sin in their lives. They want to repent, confess their sin, turn from it, and get rid of it and its surrounding influences. My parallel experience to this, months after I got saved out of Mormonism, was the realization of the sinful idolatry and demonic grotesqueness to which I was involved when I, for example, regularly participated in Mormon temple rituals on behalf of dead people, though ignorant at the time, The Holy Spirit opened my eyes at some point after my salvation in Christ that my participation in Mormon temple rituals was for all intents and purposes a form of dabbling in the occult and an act of necromancy. As soon as the Holy Spirit convicted me of the sinfulness and grotesqueness of these things in the sight of God and of their demonic origins and nature, I wanted nothing to do with my past regarding those things So I went to my closet, pulled out my Mormon quote-unquote sacred garb briefcase, which contained the outfit which was used for the Mormon temple rituals in which I once participated, and threw it all in the dumpster. I didn't give it away for someone else to use and support them in their idolatrous practice. I got rid of it altogether. These Ephesians, likewise, could have given away their magical arts books to someone who would use them or sold them for a pretty penny, but they didn't. They burned them. They smashed their idols, so to speak, never again to return. They didn't want to have anything to do with him anymore, nor did they want to promote that sin for someone else. The old had passed away. The new had come. Verse 19 says they counted the price of these magic books 
and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Now if those were silver denarii, for which a single piece was worth a farmer's day wage, it would total about 5.5 million in today's money. Even more extreme, if they were silver talents, each piece was worth a farmer's yearly wage, making it a total of about 1.5 billion. Regardless, it was a lot of money. One could try and argue, why not sell all this and give the money to the poor or the church or something? If a person sold porn, should giving all the proceeds from their sales to the church justify them selling porn? No, of course not. They're still doing something sinful, providing access for others to indulge in a sinful practice. They're promoting it. Or think of Judas, when he came under conviction after betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, he despised the reward. Filled with remorse, he returned the money to the chief priests. The chief priests decided it was blood money, unfit for the temple treasury, instead using it to buy the potter's field. Or think about what James said about riches gained unjustly. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you, your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. So, if we own items from our lives before we knew Christ, connected with the demonic realm, or are universally sinful at their core, we probably shouldn't sell them or give them away, but like these Ephesians, rather destroy them. Maybe there are old movies we own with sinful content. Maybe they are occult charms or items from our past, like a Ouija board or tarot cards or something. As would happen here in Ephesus, in which some exorcists encounter with the demonic quickly led believers to renounce their culturally sinful practices, there may be times in our lives where the Holy Spirit in some way gets our attention convicts us of some of our specific culturally sinful practices and leads us to renounce such things. Now, I think there are black and white matters in which certain items or practices are obviously sinful under any circumstance and in direct conflict with God's clearly revealed word. When the Holy Spirit brings these type of things to our attention, we too, like those Ephesians, can repent, confess and forsake them, Let's have our own burning parties, so to speak. Let's be holy. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 16 and 17, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst, be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I'll welcome you. So let's be holy in our conduct. And let's be discerning. There may be some other gray area matters in which certain items or practices aren't necessarily sinful for every person. It may be a matter of conscience and context. Whatever the matter, when the Holy Spirit convicts us that such an item, practice, or matter is sinful for us, and calls us to confess it and remove it from our presence, 
There is a blessing in obedience to such a call. Disciples of Jesus must be willing to renounce anything and everything for Him. So let's confess when we need to confess and renounce when we need to renounce. You'll experience peace and joy in this, burdens lifted. Now I do want to make a distinction between confession before men and confession before God as it relates to our sins. Both have their place in the Christian life. We confess before God for forgiveness and cleansing from Christ by His blood. We do not confess before men to receive absolution. I used to believe that as a Mormon and spent years trying to absolve my guilty conscience through continuous confession to religious authorities for forgiveness in futility. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, There is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. John tells us, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus is the one and only mediator between us and God. We have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus. We are invited in Hebrews 4.16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jewish teachers of the law asked in Mark 2.7, Who can forgive sins but God alone? All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. He has the power to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So confess your sins to Jesus for forgiveness and for cleansing. This is not to say, though, that confessing our faults before other people has no place. James writes, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that's from James 5.16. It certainly does. There is a blessing for the one who is humble, meek and vulnerable, who is willing to be open about struggles, weaknesses, shortcomings, and sins with family in Christ for encouragement, help and prayer. Everyone who says to him, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of his Father, which is to believe in Jesus as God's only Son. If you tried to say you prophesied in his name, did many mighty works and casted out demons. Well, I hope he won't declare to you, depart from me, I never knew you, worker of wickedness.
able to pray When a Pharisee who boasted in his self-righteous ways He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men I pay my tithes and always keep far from sin The other tax collecting man Stood far off, wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven God be merciful to me I'm a sinner, but I believe He told us the truth This man went home justified And the Pharisee remained unchanged Do you have a zeal for God? But it's in ignorance And not according to That was Tax Collector from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable. The gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life and follow. Jesus, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and come after him Do not look back You've got to lose your life Renounce all you have for the sake of Christ There's no other way You have to die To your flesh and then he'll bring you back to life To live in if you leave your nets and boats, leave your families and leave your lands and homes, even your children for the sake of Christ. Eternal life in the age to come 
was Lose Your Life from the Adams Road album Great Commission. Save me. 
That was Stone Temples from the Adams Road album, Adams Road. This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 19, verses 18 through 28. Grace and peace be with you all.